Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigielski. And today we have Jeremy Levier of Lead IQ. If you look him up on LinkedIn, he's wearing a flamingo suit and he's booked hundreds of hundreds hilarious meetings with his prospecting style. Nick, why should people listen? Well, we talk about using the guitar to book meetings as well as some best practices for sending GIFs or GIFs, whatever you want to call them. Three, two, one, GIF. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90-Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Today's deal acceleration cheat code is brought to you by Pipedrive, which is a CRM built by sellers for sellers. The best way to drive your pipeline forward is to every single day, pull up a list of all of your open opportunities and look at each opportunity by stage and think, what can I do today that will increase my likelihood of winning this deal? That's how you keep your ops moving forward in between meetings that you have on the calendar. Now we documented five cheat codes that can help you cut your sales cycle in half with Pipedrive. There's a link in the show notes to steal them. All right, Jeremy, welcome to 30 Minutes to President's Club. You know we start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. Let's get your three. The first one 
I call it a customer info spreadsheet. So what the customer info spreadsheet has, it's a spreadsheet that you can get as detailed as you want, but the idea is you have a bunch of pretty detailed information on your top customers. You outline where they're based, what industry they're in, where's that company located, why did they buy from you, who was the champion. And so you have all that and it's your bookmarked on your computer. You can refer back to it anytime. So now you can speak more knowledgeable about your about your customers. That's that's the first one. Cool. What's number two, Jeremy? Number two is getting into not necessarily the accounts that you're going after, but the buyer personas, the people at those accounts. So it's a buyer knowledge document. As you're prospecting and you find people that have a really detailed LinkedIn profile that fit that ideal, they're the right person that you want to reach out to, they have a really detailed LinkedIn profile. You just screenshot their summary that outlines all of their different roles and responsibilities and what projects they've worked on, what are their skills and everything, what's most important to them. When you find people like that, screenshot it and add it to this buyer knowledge document. And once you get like three, four, five, or or six of those, then you're going to be able to really get in and dig in deep and better understand what is most important to these people. And you can speak their language and use, use that in your messaging. I love it. Round us out. What's number three? I call it a LinkedIn connection play. So you're not necessarily connecting with prospects because they're going to just be like, oh, well, who, who the hell is this guy? Like, I don't know who you are. You're just some sales rep probably going to just connect with me and then immediately pitch me after. So instead, connect with your customers because there's less friction there. They like they already are customers and you just reach out to them, you send them a personalized connection request and say, hey so and so, thanks for being a customer of Lead IQ. You rock. And they're obviously going to accept they're a customer. Like, you know, you're not trying to like do anything weird. And then there's some different things that can happen there. One is they give you a referral if you're connected with them on LinkedIn. Two is they might say something really great about some of the success they've had with your product and you can screenshot that and use that in your messaging. Or they might change jobs and go to another company and you can then sell to them at their new company. So Jeremy, you are the king, at least what I've heard of tailoring and getting people to laugh and being super, super creative. So let's start super high level here. When you pick up an account and you're like, oh, this is a pretty solid account. What the heck are you doing to stand out and separate yourself from the crowd from a tailoring standpoint? Like when I reach out to that person, I want it to be very obvious and I'm not subtle. Like I make it painfully obvious that this is not your typical, just like random sales rep calling out of the blue, out of nowhere, no context. And I'm treating it as if I'm on my own one yard line here. I'm at the 50 yard line. Like, you know, you know who we are. Like, you know, I'm looking at previous account history in, in Salesforce to see if, if there was an old opportunity in there, if there's been prior conversations we've had with that account and using that in the messaging. Like, I just am fanatical about in a very short amount of time without it taking too long. And you get this analysis paralysis in like no more than five minutes. Do that research on the, the account on that person. So you have not just one, you have multiple triggers and ways to reach out because even if it is really like personalized, they might not reach out, they might not reply to that first email. What are you going to come back with for, the, for your second email? And third, you have to be able to have a few different ways at breaking through the noise and being able to get their attention to really make it painfully obvious that this is not just like some complete out of the cold message that, you know, you, you have some context here. So Jeremy, you talk about like being so obvious that you're not like all the way on your own one yard line, right? And a lot of people talk about that, but how do you just throw it in their face? What are you actually doing or saying or writing to make it be like, oh, like this guy is very different? Yeah. So a couple things that I do is 
in the beginning of the email, if I'm calling or call or email, whatever, like I cut out the small talk in the beginning. If I cold call somebody, I don't say, how are you? I don't say, how are you doing? How's it going? Like, how's your day going? Like, they don't care about that stuff. Like I get right into it. I'm not subtle. Like I get right into it quick. If it's an email, oh, hope you're doing well today. I get rid of all that pleasantry stuff. And then secondly, I use visual things as well. If it's an email, obviously, you know, not, not like sending a video on the phone. We haven't got there with technology yet. But, um, you know, so visuals like screenshots or videos or gifts, you know, I'm, I'm big on like literally probably 90% of any cold email that I send is going to have at least, well, not probably just one, not going to do more of those in the same email, but it's going to have 90% of them are going to have either a GIF or a video or a screenshot. So like screenshots, I have a folder. It's on our Google drive and it's called screenshots for sales. So anytime like a customer says something really good about lead IQ and the success they've had with it, the results that they've had for, for their team, why they bought it, you know, whatever we screenshot that and put it in that folder. Then I can pick and choose which one and, and drop them into certain situations. So those screenshots, like I'm making it painfully obvious to that person. If they say they use Zoom Info, I have a screenshot that says somebody's increased their pipeline generated by 45% with Lead IQ instead of Zoom Info. So I can put that screenshot in there. I'm making it painfully obvious. Like, like they'd have to be stupid not to take the meeting if I send them a screenshot like that. So, okay, I got to dig into this GIF thing because I haven't heard people using them before. What are you doing related to GIFs? So I use them in a few different situations. So if somebody is using, say, for example, Sales Loft or Outreach, we integrate with both of them. So I have a, it's like a three-second GIF that actually shows how the integration works and how you can directly add people right into a sequence or a cadence. So, hey, so-and-so, you use sales, like all, literally, I won't cut out the small talk, no pleasantry shit, like, oh, how you doing? Hey, so-and-so, I see you using Sales Loft. Here's how our integration works with it boom. And then there's the GIF. And then I just call to action. Is it cool if we schedule a call and we can talk more about this next week, Jeremy? So that that's one GIF is kind of like showing how those integrations work. But then I have like some silly GIFs. If they use, again, if they use sales loft or outreach, I'll kind of say to them, Hey, our, our sales loft or outreach integration is smooth as butter. And I have this hilarious GIF where it's like this, like piece of toast that's going like this, with this little piece of butter and it's, it's going like this rubbing the butter on its belly, but it's like, it's like a cartoon, like piece of toast thing, you know? I mean, any, it could be any software, any technology. If you're saying, Hey, our, our insert, whatever feature is smooth as butter. You could put that GIF in there, you know? And then like another one is like, if I, if maybe I messed up and was supposed to follow up with them in two months, but then I reached back out in like three months. And then I might say, Oh, you said we should, we should sync back up at three months. I, Hope I didn't miss the boat here. And then there's a hilarious gift that I have saved on my computer of a guy, you know, he's on like a dock and the boat is like moving away from him on the dock. And then like, he's trying to get into the boat and he falls in the water. So, you know, and that's just a bunch of gifts that I use. What else are you doing around the visual prospecting? I know you've got some interesting ideas around video too. And so like with videos, I have a guitar right over there in the corner here. And so I'll play guitar songs and like, I don't even know how to play the guitar, but <laughs> I just like, I'm holding it the wrong way. And like, I'm strumming, strumming the wrong chords, but like, I'm putting myself out there, you know? And like, and I'm like singing a song. It's like about the person and like maybe research that I did about them and like past opportunities we've had with them, whatever, like any integrations, but like it's a song and I'm making the song up as I go. It's not like it's taking me. So that, that's how I can kind of scale it. Like it literally, 
I just hit record and then I get my guitar and I'm singing the song and like I'm done in two minutes. And so most a lot of reps are spending longer than two minutes to type out an email. I, I just recorded that and hit send and sent it in only two minutes. And I'm not and like making up the, the words as I go. And at one point I had 20 videos that I sent where they were guitar videos. I got a response to 18 out of 20. And out of those 18, I think all of them except for like, for like two booked meetings and we had like five closed one deals. So I, I hate to do this and, and we're totally fine to edit this out if you want to say no, but would you be terribly opposed to like playing us a quick 30 second video with your guitar so we actually get a sense of what this sounds like? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> this has got to be the video, Graham, Nick. Oh, he's got it ready. The guitar's coming out. Uh-oh. Yeah, and so the other cool thing when I do these videos is like, if you guys or you know anybody watching the podcast has seen like Parks and Recreation, I kind mm. of do like the Chris Pratt voice, like his singing voice. So it's kind of like really goofy and silly. Mm. And I'll be like, and I will really want to talk to you. And we're going to have this meeting and see how we get about your sales team. And book more meetings. I saw that you viewed my LinkedIn profile and that's really cool. Some of the cool stuff you guys are doing over there. And I'll even like sometimes go high with the, with like random notes, like going high with it. Like it's, it's cringeworthy, but like you'd be surprised at the results. And you know, it, I'll, it'll be like a one year meeting at the most two minutes, you know, but it usually does pretty good. <laughs> This is amazing. I haven't said this many times on the podcast. I've actually never seen anything like that before. <laughs> That's what the prospects say when they see the video. Like I sent one of these, I won't say the, the name of the company, but he's a VP of sales and, and strategy operations, whatever for this, for this company that is like five, 600 employees. He replied to the video and he said, Jeremy, this is effing hilarious. He said, he spelled out the word. This is effing hilarious. We're just now starting to figure out how to use video in our, in our prospecting. And based on your video, I don't think we're, we're using it to the extent that we could be. I just forwarded this to our entire sales organization. And he was like saying, this is hilarious, but like in a good way, I guess, because he replied and they are now our customer. They got 30 licenses of lead IQ now. And that sales cycle was like not even three months. So, so one of the things you talked about earlier, Jeremy, was looking for common triggers or common hooks so that you can personalize off of that. And you just rattled off a couple here. Mutual connection, last company the person worked for is one of your present customers, a competitor. What other hooks are you looking for when you're like, I'm going to write a guitar song for somebody, but I want to make this thing a step more personalized? Yeah, a couple other ones in addition to those are their LinkedIn history, like their posts, like things that they posted. I had one guitar song where, you know, I just like the trigger that made me reach out to her was something she posted because like I was able to, it wasn't like this awkward, like, you know, it was organic for me to be able to connect the dots between the thing that she posted and lead IQ's value prop, what we actually do. So I was able to, in an organic way, not like a weird forced way, you know, where you're trying to, we've all seen emails like that where they do a personalized thing. They, they mention that personalized thing and then they talk about what their product does. And it's like, what the hell does that have to, you know, there's no, tra- it's a real weird transition. So just things that they post on LinkedIn, if you can make that smooth transition there. And then also technographic data is another thing that you can really quickly, you know, do that research, see 
you know, I've mentioned a couple examples already. Like if they use like sales loft or outreach, which we integrate with, like if I can see that, then I'll, I'll put that in my messaging. So those are a couple other ways that you can, you know, quickly see something and then work that as a trigger into your messaging too. So I'm getting the sense of, we call it disarmingly blunt, where it comes into your mind and you just freaking say the thing, like get rid of all the pleasantries. So I love that. We talked about emails. We talked about researching. You mentioned that you're also doing this on the cold calls where you're not asking like, how's your day going? Did I catch you at a bad time? All that nonsense. So like, what are you doing when you start a cold call? So I just say, once I know it's the right person, then I say, hey, it's Jeremy over at, at Lead IQ. And I purposely say Jeremy over at Lead IQ because it's more casual. It's, I don't say this is Jeremy calling with Lead IQ because that's more formal. And it sounds kind of just sounds kind of awkward and salesy, like Jeremy calling with Lead IQ. Like, A, that's too formal. And B, they know it's a call. Like, they, you know, you don't have to say I'm calling with. And I just kind of say, hey, I know I'm calling out of the blue here. So I acknowledging, hey, I know I'm calling out of the blue here. Is it cool if I explain the reason for my call in less than 30 seconds? That's my normal opener, you know? So it's kind of just asking for permission, but it's also more more casual and more conversational by just like saying, is it cool? Is it cool if I explain why I'm calling in less than 30 seconds? You know, and then nine times out of 10, they say yes. And then from there, it's that I'm not just saying, hey, we're, we're a prospecting tool that can get data into Salesforce. Like, no, you know, I'm then a lot like aligning whatever research, whatever trigger I saw. And just from there, it's just kind of that, that normal pitch from there. Gotcha. And so you're, at that point, you're pulling in the research and all of that stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like as soon as soon as possible, whether it's a call or an email or whatever it is, like as soon as possible, I want to make it painfully obvious to that person. I'm on the 50 yard line. I'm not I'm not back in my one one yard line here. There's some context here. There's some research here. This isn't just like some random person calling out of the blue completely with no context here. And like as soon as possible, I get into that to then like because otherwise, if you don't, then you increase the chances that that person hangs up on you or like most of the time on a cold call, they're just trying to get you off the phone. Like they're just like, Oh, you know, you know, I make up some BS reason why they can't take that call. I'm, I'm in a meeting, you know, when obviously they're not, they're not in a meeting, you know, the other way that I'll sometimes open a cold call is I just say, Hey, this is Jeremy over at lead IQ. And I shut up. Jeremy, one thing I want to ask about, cause I've run into this also where you're calling the cell phone and it may or may not be the right person. Like you cold call Armand and it's a woman's voice. What are you actually saying? Like, I actually want to know, what do you say when they pick up the phone? Are you just saying, hey, is this Armand? Or what's that like first part of the call when you're confirming the person sound like? I usually actually like assume that it is the right person, but I don't reveal my company yet. Because if you say, hey, is this Nick? They're going to be like, oh, they don't know who I am. Oh, it's a sales call. Let me get this guy off the phone. You know, so that's why I, if it is a man, and I'm calling a man, it's the, it's the right gender, I'll assume that it's the right person. And I'll say, hey, Nick, how's it going? And then if they correct me and they're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't Nick, like, then I'll be like, all right, sorry, wrong number, get off the phone. But like, if I'm like, hey, hey, Nick, yeah, yeah, how's it going? You know, then I got the right person. Then I reveal this Jeremy over at Lead IQ and I'll call the blue, you know, so that's just kind of how that works. One thing that I've done is when I call a cell phone and I'm not sure who it is and I'm like, hey, Armand. And they're like, no, this is Jeremy. One of the things I'll do is be like, shoot, I was trying to get in touch with Armand Farouk because 
I don't know, maybe 10% of the time the person's like, oh yeah, his number is X. I get called all the time for that person. So that's one thing that I've done. Jeremy, one thing that you and I were talking about on the prep call was the sustained prospecting efforts and the idea that if you reach out to somebody one time, your chances of getting a response are much, much lower than if you're consistent. So I think you you threw out eight as like the magic number for, for outreach. And sometimes it can be hard filling eight touches with substantive personalized content. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, what are you actually putting in that outreach over a span of time? I did see a study that Heather Morgan with Sales Folk did on number of emails to get a response. And it oftentimes takes at least eight. And if you don't email at least eight times, you're giving up too early and you're missing out on opportunities. But what do you say in those eight emails? So, you know, I, I mentioned a few, a few things like if like they use sales after outreach, for example, one email, I'm going to send them that gift that shows how the integration works. Another email, I could send a screenshot of a rep. There's, I, could, I have screenshots from reps from both companies, sales off to end outreach, talking about the success that they've had using, using our tool. If they have one of those tools, you know, I could send them the screenshot that says, hey, our integration with sales loft slash outreach is smooth as butter. And it's got the little butter thing in there. You know? So that's three emails right there, just based on that Thing that they have that they, now if i go to that person's linkedin profile oh i see that we have a mutual connection maybe it's zach barney who's been a customer of ours at multiple companies before hey so that's that's a fourth email you know based on that mutual connection you know if there's a job posting that i see and i can reference something in the job posting and, and align that to our value prop that's five emails i'm trying to think other things oh yeah like account history whether it's previous opportunity that we had with them, or if there was people from that company that had signed up on our website, signed up for accounts, that's another email is, oh, you, did you know that Mr. VP of sales, you know that you've had four people from your team sign up on our website, trying to like use an account with us in the like last three months. And I would not only would say that, but I'll screenshot, I'll send them a screenshot of the page in our system that shows that user data. And I, you know, I send that to them. So that's what, we're up to six emails. And then maybe the last two, I might kind of use it like semi-templates or something, but. All right, Jeremy. So we talked about a lot of good prospecting habits. One of the things we haven't talked about is the bad habits to break. And so we ask it in every episode, if there was one bad habit that every rep had to break today, what would it be in your opinion? Focus less on just like the metrics and like if you're at a company that and i i used to i've been at companies before where it's all about 100 dials a day you know you get to send 100 emails slow down to speed up i think the one thing that you know most reps like are doing wrong is they're just focusing too much on the numbers of calls and emails that they're making and just going through the motions so don't just go through the motions don't just focus on how many calls and emails really have some more strategy and purpose behind it. And then even, don't worry if, you know, ask for forgiveness later. If your manager yells at you, oh, you didn't make a hundred dials or you didn't send a hundred emails today, stay with it and trust the process and you'll start to get some better results. And then you can show those results to your manager. I love it. And anything you want to plug, I think I have a sense of what you probably want to plug. But before we jump off... (laughs) You know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just put Jeremy Lev in LinkedIn. Search me on there. You'll see the goofy guy with um with the flamingo suit on there, and you can connect with me on there. And and yeah, if you want to learn about Lead IQ, you can hit me up on there as well. 
Jeremy, for somebody who says I cut all the pleasantries, you're being extremely humble here. So everybody go hit up Jeremy, follow him on LinkedIn and go buy some lead IQ from him. All right. Great company and a great man. And stay, hang on for a 30 second recap email, not a 30 second. It's a 60 second recap email coming up soon. Cheers. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. righty. Your top four takeaways from this episode include number one, so you got this shared Google Drive of screenshots segmented by competitor, segmented by customer size. And all you're going to do is you're going to compile your customer screenshots of the people who love your product. And when you find somebody who's on Zoom Info or any of your competitors, you put it in that email. Number two, skip the pleasantries in your emails. Don't be saying, hey, how's your day going and all the fluff. Say, hey, I see you're on this competitor. Here's a screenshot or a GIF and get out of there and do that eight times over the course of your sequence. Number three, you got to know what to look for before you look for it. First, try to go on Salesforce, see if you can work the account. Second, from there, you know what the triggers are to buy and they tend to not be, oh, you went to the same college as me. So stack rank those triggers and get after them. And then number four, when you're opening your cold calls, we've heard this a million times, but Jeremy's opener is, hey, it's Jeremy from Lead IQ. Is it cool if I explain the reason for my call in under 30 seconds? Nick, how can people help us out here? Armand, I am becoming rating and KPI obsessed. And it was kind of a bittersweet day for me. We got our first one-star rating. We have about 200 five-star ratings, two four-star ratings, and one one-star. So I want to balance that out, make sure the ratio is good. So if you haven't rated the show, please give us a rating this week. We'll see you next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. 
And this was stolen from the gong, 30 MPC, 90 minute masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes.